commentaries. As always, I'm your host, Jake Del Mastro, and I'm joined by my very good friend and co-host, Keaton Byer. Hello, Keaton. Hello. How are you? Very well. All right. Yeah, I mean, normally we would do <laughs> a, uh, normally we'd probably try and do some sort of bit here. I mean, to, to call them normally bits is a bit generous, to be fair, because we're not very funny, but like, yeah. Some of them are better than others, but yeah. Um, I, I, I don't really see how we can cover the material we're covering right now. Yeah, without with... addressing what's kind of happened in the last week. As everybody who's listening to this probably knows, unless you live in Russia, Russia has invaded Ukraine. Um Yeah. Obviously that is it's it's beyond bad. It's it's like we're talking about fucking war crimes here. Like anyway, some unhinged unhinged psychopath yeah, in yeah. And Russia. We're has, not we're not you know, we're not news and we try to stay evergreen more or less, but the point being like right now what's happening, it's it would be a it would be offensive of us to not address this yeah. before we talked about like a Soviet film, which is what we're about to do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're seeing like a guy who like you know he's he's bringing up like there's a lot of illusions going on to like specifically this Soviet past, right? Yeah, absolutely. At, at this time, and I think people are like, drawing comparisons, whether or not they're like accurate what, or not. Whether or not they're like, accurate. Well, I mean. The one guy drawing comparisons is Vladimir Putin. Point being, Vladimir Putin is 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 the an unhinged here. psychopath. Exactly, he's a war criminal, unhinged psychopath. He has to be stopped. But I mean, I obviously there's only so much that we could like do on this podcast. Obviously, we are not like yeah, exactly. This is not. But we we, we do think that we. I mean, I think we need to come out and be on the right side of history here, at least. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I agree. Like, we uh, we stand with Ukraine. The Russian invasion yes. has to stop. It's, it's insane. Yeah, so, in summary, Slava Ukraini and Putin Khoilo. Yes, and we, and we will we'll put uh, links like we did last episode. We'll put links in descriptions for uh, uh, various... Oh. Yeah, and a word to our Russian listeners, if you are listening to us right now, if you've managed to do that. Yes. Hopefully you don't want this. Uh, if you want to keep listening to us, I recommend you try downloading Tor Browser uh, so that you can keep accessing our podcast. I know it's rough right now over there, but, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Uh, easy for us to say, but. You know. Easy for us to say who aren't facing 15 years. Exactly, exactly, person. exactly. Like, Basically, but, everything we just said would have put us in prison had we said it in Russia. So, uh, exactly, that's uh, that's serious as fuck. So, be careful, everybody. Um, yeah. yeah. So we're talking about Solaris again. Yes. Um, it's a. Uh, what did we? What did? What was kind of our consensus last week? What do you think? How did we? Well, I think we said it was like a super interesting film. It definitely had. Uh... It's definitely worth a watch. We definitely had a, f- a few problems, but yeah. But I think I think we're gonna talk about some of the very more interesting aspects of it right now. Yeah, today, well, yeah, definitely. Today is is way more focusing on like actually, you know, how they made the film and the actual details of making the film. Exactly. So that's gonna be uh, you know, pretty interesting because uh, we focused a lot on the uh, the concept of parallel mm-hmm. industries last week, but now yeah. I'm gonna kind of actually also- talk about. Yeah, the inception of the film and like how, what exactly uh, Tarkovsky wanted to do. Oh yeah, so yeah. In case we didn't say it, 
we're doing we're recap we're doing the second part of Solaris directed by uh Andre Tarkovsky. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think I mentioned Solaris, but I don't know that I mentioned Tarkovsky. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. To be clear, yeah, part two. Yeah. Solaris. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, before we get like really into the, you know, the segment that, you know, everybody's like clamoring for, um, the, how do they shoot it? Let's talk about the production of it. Okay, cool. Uh, mm-hmm. so yeah, this was filmed primarily at Moss film in Moscow. Uh, the, most yeah. of the indoor shots were done in the studio. They had built the entire space station set. Uh, they did some other filming in Zvenigrad in uh, near Moscow in Moscow Oblast. Yeah, uh, that just, was the just outside of Moscow. Yeah, yeah. Um, the exteriors, like the beginning part, basically. Yeah, the the, the his parents' house. Yeah, um, exactly. And then yeah, there was that that whole the whole like s- uh, sequence with uh, what was his name uh, Burton? Who Burton, was that yeah. his name? Who was like yeah. driving through the what? futuristic city? City. I don't know if I mentioned this last. But I find it interesting how, like, a lot of the names of people are not, like, Russian names. Yeah. Burton. So, I, like, I, I think that that, well, that, I think that that kind of shows, like, you know, the vision uh, that at least Lem and, or Tarkovsky had. Because I believe Lem, the names are from the book, right? Yeah, I believe so. I'm pretty sure. So, I, I, I guess that shows the vision that he had of the future a little bit. Yeah, totally. Which yeah. honestly surprises me that the, uh, the, uh. The Soviets didn't like make them make it a bit more Russian. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe, but they probably wanted to like you know, uh, they. I mean, it, it's a very sort of Marxist idea that we're gonna have like this world revolution and we're all gonna be like together. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's true. It's so true. I think it that is, maybe that's why they did it. It's more an ideological kind of like. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. That makes sense. But yeah, so they 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 did that that future city that Burton was driving through was just I believe like like shots of Tokyo. I don't even know. If yeah, they were... to be honest, it didn't look that futuristic to me. No, it didn't. I it mean, might have that's... looked more futuristic in the seventies, especially I'm to sh- people in Russia. That's what I was gonna say. It's like I bet if who, you lived yeah. in in the Soviet Union in the seventies, that probably looked pretty futuristic. But to those of us who are like aware of what Tokyo looks like then and now. Yeah, I like. I think like it looks Tokyo. more futuristic now. Obviously, yeah, looks, yeah obviously. Like, if they show Tokyo now, for <laughs> for yeah, but I, from what I understand, that wasn't their first choice to to do oh, that really? shot. So they originally planned to do it uh, at the World Expo grounds in Osaka. Oh, interesting. Where that probably would have been had, way. They more they had built some like uh, crazy futuristic looking structures for you know the World Expo. Yeah, World Expo is um, always awesome. Really. I yeah. Mean, exactly. When do they still do the World Expo? I have no idea. Because at, it that. it stopped being awesome at some point, and I can't really pinpoint in my brain when. But yeah. clearly, it was probably really still sure. awesome around then. Uh, but yes, yeah, so that was the World Expo '70, which was in Osaka. Uh, however, right. by the time they managed to do the shots that they needed to do, it was 1971. Ah, <laughs> they so they were kind of late to that party. And uh, they just shot it in Tokyo, basically, because they—I guess—they thought it looked sufficiently futuristic. Yeah, yeah, I guess. And they put it like through kind of a black and white filter, I guess, to make. Well, it... they shot it in black and white, yeah. Well, um, yeah, but it also looked like there was some sort of filter on it as well, like beyond. Yeah, just maybe the black and there might have been some kind of camera filter to just make it look more weird. But it, yeah, uh, just it looked weird <laughs> beyond but, just uh, being like, black and white. But yeah, 
I thought it was interesting how, like, sort of the connections between, like, Japanese cinema and the Soviets is because, like, uh, for example, they shot this in Japan. Uh, around this time, Kurosawa was working on a movie shot in the Soviet Union. Uh-huh. And that is apparently yeah. at one point, uh, uh, Kurosawa visited the set to this film. Oh, really? I did not know yeah. that. That's awesome. Yeah. What, do you know what the, film he was working on? Uh, it was Dear Yuzala, if, if mm. I pronounced that right. Right, right. Yeah. That's cool. Oh, Dare Zoo Yuzala, I think. So there's a fair bit of, like, uh, like collaboration yeah. between the Japanese and uh, Soviet Soviets, film industry. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty cool. I don't think there was much collaboration in other realms, but, you know. It's, that, it is interesting that it's, it's like... It's very interesting happen, to see. Yeah, definitely. Because it, it does speak to, like, you know, it, 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 there is a tendency to, like, uh, uh, um, like, write over every individual who existed in the Soviet Union. No, I know exactly. Like, um, So it's like, people could have been trying, you know? Yeah, to, it's like, people, like, Tarkovsky was just trying to make a film. Like you know, yeah, exactly. And the people who were in the 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 I don't know the Soviet film, whatever it's called, um, cinematography committee the, or whatever, the state committee for cinematography. Yeah, yeah. Like there are probably people in there who are like genuinely trying to get artistic films made. And oh like yeah, genuinely. definitely. Yeah. So like you know, it's not yeah. it's not just like a, a faceless machine. There were individuals within yeah. the Soviet Union, but it was kind of, you know. Like, the whole system was obviously set up to make, you know, make sure that all the films, you know, conformed to the, you know, party line, but it's yeah, not like I mean, everybody we, making a film the, was making a film for that purpose, you know. Exactly. Like, we covered, all, we covered kind of in the first episode, all the bad reasons. Like, everybody knows the bad yeah. reasons to why exactly. it's, it's not a good to make a film in the soviet union in the 70s that's obvious <laughs> it's not ideal yeah um. so yeah they filmed the uh the japanese things in 1971 so but prior to that uh as we kind of mentioned a little bit last last week uh, tarkovsky had worked with stanislav uh lem a little bit on turning the mm -hmm. book into a screenplay but i don't really know how much they worked together because it seems like it was mostly tarkovsky just kind of consulting lem yeah for, well i mean definitely stuff. tarkovsky did the final draft or whatever like uh, yeah, I think had Stanislaw Lem been, you know, writing uh, it with him because yeah, writing it with him, I think he would have gotten more of what he wanted. If he had actually been involved in the writing, maybe he would have had a a, a, a better opinion. Uh, of the, I think of we the we alluded to this that he wasn't very happy with the final film. Yeah, and that started like pretty much instantaneously, like after this initial collaboration, because uh, Tarkovsky wrote a the uh, original screenplay with a Ukrainian Jewish screenwriter named uh Friedrich Gorstein. Gorenstein? Yeah, Friedrich Gorenstein. Um so they wrote that first treatment together. Um and <laughs> Lem hated it apparently. Yeah. And so did Mo's film. Okay. So <laughs> it's apparently interesting. I wonder what was in there. Well uh, apparently it was two thirds on Earth and like Oh really? Like, as we mentioned last I, week... I, yeah, there's no part on Earth of the book, right? Yeah, exactly. The book starts while he's flying to the space station. Yeah. So, yeah. Two-thirds of the book, were, or of the film, took place on Earth, and it was, like, really, like, wildly different in terms of, like... I, as you can imagine, like, I think that points... The fact that it was, so much of it was on Earth points to, like, the points that, you know, Tarkovsky was trying to make with the film... 
Yeah. Um, that really were not the same points that Lem were trying to make, which were no very lofty space yeah. sci-fi. Uh, I mean, I I would like to hypothesize that uh-huh. Tarkovsky was basically just using Lem's book as like a vehicle to get it approved by the uh, society, the, the committee for cinematography. I tend to agree with you on that point. I think yeah. I think he he just knew. That it he would... knew they liked the book already, so he was like, well, if I just base my thing on this book, maybe I'm more likely to get it made. Exactly. Just, he was just playing the system in a way, right? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Smart, really. Just find yeah. something that I know they like, they can't say no to, and then just change yeah. it to fit my uh, exactly my narrative um, yeah. as much as they'll let me. The, the the original script maintained the uh the holdover from the book that Kelvin has a second marriage. I don't know if we mentioned mm-hmm. that last week, but but it definitely complicates the plot a little bit because there's this whole uh, other dynamic, obviously. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, like the 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 whole script enraged Lem, and yeah. Tarkovsky like ignored most of it, his advice. Um, so they cut they cut most of the Earth scenes, and the uh and the uh, second marriage scene. Because mm-hmm. yeah, obviously the film was not going to get made. <laughs> yeah, if they didn't didn't do that. Mm-hmm. So then I guess they started ca- like casting is the uh, next thing. I think we kind of sort of talked about casting a little bit last week, but yeah, we talked a little really bit about the cast. But yeah, but like one interesting detail I think that we we touched on but didn't go into into detail is uh, Tarkovsky did want his ex wife to play Hari for some mm-hmm. reason, um, but then in 1970. He decided very much that he needed Swedish actress B.B. Anderson mm-hmm. uh, to, to to play Harry. And she was super into it because she loved Tarkovsky's work. Um, mm-hmm. And she gladly agreed to be even she she agreed to be play, paid in rubles. She was like, fuck, yeah, give me rubles. I'll make yeah, we film. were talking a little bit before about how you couldn't really convert rubles to American dollars. Yeah, rubles are yeah. like, yeah, They're completely worthless outside the Soviet Union, basically. And that is um, true again today. <laughs> yeah again currently yeah, rough but yeah, yeah. yeah so that somehow fell through even though she was interested in being paid in rubles maybe it was something to do with her being Swedish I don't know yeah maybe the, I don't know I don't, I don't really know how that works Were there, do you know if well, like from what I understand Sweden was a neutral country right so I, I don't know if the Soviets I mean they were probably more okay with that right would they cause I mean they, they were have... technically a neutral country but they were definitely leaning towards the West. Well, yeah. Did yeah. they have... Do you know of any, like, Soviet films that have, like, Western actors in them? Well, we talked a little bit about it, remember? And uh, the Star Trek connections. Oh, right. Yeah, of course we did. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. The Star Trek connections. Sean, uh, Sean Connery was one of them. Yeah, exactly. Um, but that was pre... Like, slightly before he was... Because I think that was before he was Bond. I, I don't remember the exact date, date and everything. But yeah, so there were there was some crossover, right? There was a little bit of crossover, which is cool. Which and we we'll talked with the talk Japanese uh, connections before yeah. as well. Yeah, and there's there's we'll talk about even further crossover later on. It's, there is a, Ooh, it's interesting. interesting. There are yeah. there are moments. So anyway, so Anderson BB Anderson ended up for whatever reason not being yeah, in the movie. Exactly. So they uh, they cast uh, Natalia Bondarchuk as we as we who, mentioned, who is in the film, who is in the film ultimately. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is, this is pretty funny. There's a, a, a quote from Tarkovsky. Uh, well, not, it's not directly from, it's about him, 
where how he he rates his actors in terms of their performances. Oh jeez, what is this, Mike Babcock? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's not because he didn't make the actors do it. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he yeah, did yeah. it himself. <laughs> Somehow that might even be worse. <laughs> it's true. It, 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 well, I mean, it's worse if you share it with them, which I guess yeah, he's doing true, by yeah. sharing it with the media. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Point being, do you want to read? Uh, do you want to? So yeah, so his rating was uh, was Bondarchuk, Yarvit, Solotzin, so, sorry, Solonotzin, Solonitzin, Banionis, uh, Zvorjetsky, and Grinko. So that so the characters that's uh, Hari, uh, Snout, uh, what's the guy's name again? The doctor guy. Yeah, the the. The guy who he had worked with before. Uh, Sartorius. Sartorius. Dr. Sartorius. Yeah, so that's then Sartorius and uh, Chris Kelvin and then Chvorzetsky is uh, Burton. Burton. So, yeah. wow. And he, he said he re- that uh, that Natalia has uh, outshone everybody. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, she was yeah. pretty good. Yeah, she was. That's like that's pretty like he gave his lead actor a pretty low rating there. Yeah, that is funny. Like his literally <laughs> like bottom. Well, I mean, three. maybe because he had the hardest job. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, like it's, you know, it's uh, true. maybe he just didn't look as good. Cause yeah, it's true. I he think had we to both... do more. Because it's like I feel like if you're a, if you're in a small like part, it's really it's yeah. a lot easier to get just that little bit right. It's true. Well, you have less. Well, you have less of a, a like Yarvit, flushed like, out character to when he exactly. was Snout. Like he had a very defined character. You know what I mean? Yes, exactly. Snout was very specific, and he nailed it. I I agree yeah, with exactly. his, his rating. We, we yeah yeah we sung but, his praises last week. But I'm saying like he doesn't. His job isn't necessarily as difficult in some ways. As, no, totally, uh, totally. As he has honest. he has less of a uh, emotional arc to complete. He's exactly, more uh, yeah. He's more uh, uh, static, mm-hmm. but yeah. So it it was pretty slow going. This is what been going on since 1968 or something. He started this process, yeah. yeah. Um, and by 1970, Moss Film is finally happy with the script. Mm-hmm. So that's like, I don't know. Uh, do you think that's a long time? I don't really know. I guess Soviet it's bureaucracy well, stuff we, takes we a while. Well, we we know what happened with his previous film, right? Right, that's true. Yeah, so it's like I'm sure for him that was not bad. <laughs> Yeah, you're good point. It's like let's get it right. I want this film to be made. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. I, wanna, exactly. I, actually I don't want it to happen. get completely fucked in the like post production, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but actually, that's funny that you mentioned. What was the name of the guy who he did this last film about? Was a painter? Totally. Uh, Andre Rublev. Yeah, was he a he... painter? Or was he? I thought he was a painter. I thought he was an artist. I believe it said he left a quote icon of Rublev in. Uh, in Kelvin's yeah, painter. Yeah, so they left, I guess, a painting of his in Kelvin's room. Yeah, as that's like funny. He, a little. Uh, apparently, in, in all his movies after that, he left references mm-hmm. <laughs> to him in his films. It's kind of funny, but I don't know. Do you think Lost Film would have been annoyed had they found out after all the issues with the last film? I don't know. I think that depends because I'm sure there were people in Lost Film that probably thought it was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, so Mosfilm was happy with, happy with the script, so the State Committee for Cinematography authorized 4,000 meters of film for the project, yeah. which is hilarious that that's how it works. It's like, that they just right. gave him a film budget, yeah. Yeah, okay, you have 4,000 meters, go, go make Go it. make your film, yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, note meters. Yeah, meters. Because normally when you buy film, actually now, you get it in, you know, uh, its feet. Yeah, well. Like if, you go, if you call up Kodak. Imperialist. No, no, I'm saying if you call him Kodak, you'll, you'll get it in feet. But obviously, because it's, you know, this is the Soviet Union, it's like, no. Everything has meters. to be meters. Yeah, yeah. Well, imperialist feet. Come on. Yeah, exactly. There's not really a lot of information that I gathered about the actual I building. have some it's... more information about this next bit. We'll oh, talk sweet. about that in the next segment. Okay. But yeah. Yeah, well, I, I was just going to mention that it'll a great lead-in then. <laughs> Apparently, Tarkovsky and the cinematographer Vadim Yusof. Is that how you pronounce mm-hmm. it? Yeah, I believe uh, so. They were constantly at odds during this film, and uh, they never worked together again afterwards. So, <laughs> with uh, with with that, I think we'll get into our next segment about Sounds how good. they shot it. Yeah. And with that uh, piece of. Soviet cinema audio. Right, yeah, that's true. That's that's the most accurate that that intro has ever been. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if we've ever explained this, but the camera, the the sound is coming from, is actually a uh, a Krasnogorsk three, which is a camera that was built in the Soviet Union. <laughs> so there you go. Accurate, accurate uh, intro. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Although not uh, the camera he would have been using, I assume. No, anyway, we'll this was a that. sixteen millimeter camera. It was more of a like, uh, yeah. But uh, so the cinematography was done by uh, one Vadim Yusov, as we uh, alluded to before, who had uh-huh. worked with Tarkovsky. And the um, assistant camera was uh, Yuri, Nevis- Yuri Nevsky, uh, who's, I don't know how it worked in that industry, but in the uh, West, presumably. generally, the assistant camera is the focus puller. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. So presumably, where he, he's the, yeah. he's the, our, our focus puller. Yeah. Which I'm trying so, to, did, was focus pulling much of a thing in this film? Well, I mean, there was some, <laughs> I'm sure. Like, I I'm didn't sure. really I pay just... that much attention to if there was like any, like, you know, really dramatic focus pull. I know, but... just some films we definitely notice some dramatic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, guess didn't really have. Anyway, so it's on. like the. I mean, almost not noticing it is almost a compliment, right? Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, Means you did it well. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's talk about Yusuf and Tarkovsky first. <laughs> okay. Apparently, they they had. Uh, some disagreements um and they it led to a falling out that basically they just never worked together again <laughs> so yusov uh did a interview uh with a guy named hiroshi takashi who hiroshi takahashi okay um, who is i tried to figure out exactly who he is but apparently there's multiple hiroshi takahashis it doesn't surprise me uh so i went on imdb yeah i think he's i think he's a, f- a film writer right yeah, yeah. presumably uh, he's a japanese film writer basically he was being asked about why he didn't work on uh tarkovsky's later films right and he says it's difficult to explain it's true i refused to photograph the mirror which was <laughs> another film that tarkovsky did afterwards I think it's his next film yeah uh he says there are several reasons Firstly, I worked so much and for so long, mainly with Tarkovsky. When the cameraman and the director worked together for long, for too long, 
the cameraman can sometimes feel he is under too strong a pressure from the director on his own territory and it isn't good for the film interesting working together on one film for a very long time is particularly detrimental to mutual relationships (laughs) pressure and possessiveness lead to weariness (laughs) In the end, one should work alone. Tarkovsky has invaded my territory. <laughs> That's funny. Um, is that so? This is obviously tra- like I'm yeah. not sure. I like I. It's because I, I, I don't know if Hiroshi Takahashi speaks Russian. So it, so I don't I know assume, if it was going on in English. Or I'm assuming Yuzov is Russian. Yes. So, yeah, we've got a, a Russian being interviewed by a Japanese person, and the quote is in English. So. Yeah, I don't really, so it's hard to. I, I'm hard not to... sure which language this 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 was done in. Yeah, but, but... presume if anything, like I don't expect, even if it was originally in English, I don't expect that Yusuf is the best English speaker. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So you take a little bit of a grain of salt, but yeah, <laughs> exactly. You, yeah, the the I think the uh, the uh, uh, general idea is there that <laughs> it seems that they worked for too long, and he, Tarkovsky was clearly a. A powerful opinion. Yeah, so I, I think that specifically, like, he felt that, like, from what I gather, is that he felt like Tarkovsky was, was stepping into his, like, area. Like, yeah, he felt like, like he was being his, He was trying to do his... Yeah, exactly. He was yeah. trying to take control of aspects that he felt like he should have control over, basically. Anybody who's listened to the episode... Uh, 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 oh, I've forgotten the name of the film. Shit. Wait, what are you talking about? Fuck. What's the name of the film we did? Which film? About filmmaking. Oh, uh, Living in Oblivion. Living in Oblivion, yeah. Anyone who's yeah, yeah, yeah. to that episode will, uh, Oh, about, like, yeah, the, uh... I think they Chad Palomino. Uh, doesn't, no, 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 you don't I, want Chad Palomino coming in and stepping on your toes. Well, no, yeah, that, well, that's the actor. But I was thinking, doesn't doesn't Steve Buscemi and uh, 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 Dermot Mulroney, don't they get into a fight over over that? Over, oh, like, yeah, maybe. Steve yeah, Buscemi, anyway. like... Anyway, yeah, it doesn't matter. Listen to that episode if you want to. It's a good movie. movie, also. Watch it. Yeah, yeah, Living in Oblivion. Anyway, yeah, so it seems it seems like Tarkovsky, quote, invaded his territory uh, to the point that he didn't want to work with him again. Do you know? Yeah. If he, uh, do you know who, like, if Tarkovsky had, like, repeat uh, cinematographers on his other films? After like that? Other, yeah. Did, like, people uh, work let's... with him multiple times after that? Or was he, like, kind of a one-off? Well, he didn't do that many films after this. Let me did he do out. the mirror, and then he did like yeah, he one did or the two mirror. Stalk- he did four mil- films after this. Okay. So let's see, Mirror Stalker. Let's see if they had the same. Uh, cinematography by Gregory Rehrberg. Cinematography by Alexander Knaizinski. Mm. Uh, yeah, it seems like he had completely different. Uh, Interesting. Different ones every time. Different every time after that. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't really mean anything, but just interesting. Well, no, I mean, you know, but according to uh, Yusuf, you know, if you work with one guy too long, you know. Yeah. It. it uh, what did he say? Leads to weariness. Weariness. Yeah. Pressure and possessiveness lead to weariness. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's 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 an interesting point. I guess it makes sense. Like, I'm trying to think, that's definitely happened in the past. Um, what people we've talked about, like yeah. directors. Although the like, interesting thing is, like, sometimes you just get a pairing that works really well together, and they work together for the rest of the like their yeah, careers, right? It's true. It is kind of like 
uh, you, you do get that sometimes. It's but like I think if that's... you find that balance, I think that, you know, they were kind of t- like he was specifically saying like, you know, I got it. Basically, he's saying I got to do my stuff and you got to do your stuff. So if you find that balance, I think you'll keep working together. You know Exactly. I mean? If you if you find like, yeah, the boundaries are like good. It's extremely mutually beneficial to like, you know, yeah. keep working with someone who's who's like, you know, creative yeah, boundaries exactly. you're, you're, you, you line up with. It's good stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, so this next point is a little bit interesting. Okay. So uh, let's talk about what they shot it on. Yeah, because that's going to be interesting. <laughs> yeah, so normally with a Soviet film, uh, there was one company basically in the USSR that produced film. It was uh, Svema in Ukraine. Uh, and I've actually never shot Svema. I've, I've wanted to. Really? Because uh, probably not going to get any anytime soon. No, that's going to be a little bit. It's going to be tough. Tough, yeah. But um, they actually used some different film stocks because obviously they did black and white and color. I believe the black and white stuff was was on Svema. But right. um, they actually got Kodak film from the West. What? For this film, yeah. That's for crazy. The like, from what I understand, like, the Kodak film was just obviously better. <laughs> like, like, I think... <laughs> Uh, yeah. Tarkovsky or Yusuf or whatever, just like they really wanted a certain look, right? And yeah. Kodak just had like a ton of money at this point to put into like film development, right? So and just... they were able to make stocks that were just you know superior almost every way. <laughs> so how did that process work though? Like how did they get the Russians to admit that? Like how did to... they get the Soviets to? I don't to... know. I have like... no idea how they managed to get it. Like that that really boggles my mind. <laughs> Maybe while they were in Japan they just like hey, you know Just snag you some, wanna buy yeah. some film. <laughs> yeah. I'll trade you some Svema for some Kodak, you know? Yeah, like <laughs> I re- like I will give you my four thousand meters of Svema so if I can have yeah. like some of your Kodak. Like, I don't know, it's so weird. Yeah. Like but Yeah, weird. Uh but anyway, that was very rare for Russian cinema. Like in Soviet cinema, oh, yeah. generally it was done on domestically produced film. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, kind of goes with that saying, really. That it's like yeah. extremely rare, to, especially like this. We're talking nineteen early seventies. This is like, yeah. this is like. Well, this was sort of during the time of detente. Like you know, actually, yeah. No, I we'll, we'll talk about it. A actually. little bit more uh, back and forth. Like, there was, I think, post space the... race. Yeah. Exactly. Things started to get. There's a little anyway, bit we'll more talk cooperation, about but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. So uh, now let's move on to how they did the anti gravity scene because I think that was yeah. interesting. And Yusuf, in the same interview, talked about it. Um, so essentially, uh, so wait, just anti-gra- before you get into it, just just uh, refresh my memory. The scene is is where in the library. It's because there's a 30 seconds where they're they're changing yeah. direction. So it's him and or or it's a uh, uh, Kelvin and Harry in the library or something, and then yeah, and then it goes anti gravity and stuff just starts floating around and they start floating up. Yeah. yeah so I basically they they had two cranes basically. <laughs> cool. Uh, so normally I think you know the. Like the uh, naive way to do this would just be to use like wires. Yeah, that's I think the step. I think first thought is wires for most people. Yeah, but uh, no. So they actually had the actors sitting on one crane, 
Mm-hmm. And they had the camera sitting on another crane. And so they ah. kind of synchronized the motion so that one would be going one way and one would be going the other way. Right. So it gave and it kind of this weightlessness feel. Exactly, exactly. Um, That's they, cool. That's a good, uh, good way to yeah, do it. Yeah, so initially they had it designed the rig to basically run off electric motors so that it would be, like, you know, uh, consistent. But apparently Yusuf right. uh, said that that just wasn't working very well. So he ended up needing to operate it manually. Yeah. Well, oh my god. <laughs> what? I'm just thinking, like, op your operate it manually. Like, what does that entail? Like, with just uh, move it. Like, I don't know if it was him personally, because obviously there's two. No, trains. of course it wasn't. Of course need, it like, wasn't. Probably like a crew of people moving it around. But if you see uh, in the uh, in the outline that I sent you, there's a little picture of the rig. Yeah, there's an excellent illustration which, uh, here. Was driv- was that was drawn by Yusuf. Uh, the annotations, I assume, are by um, Takahashi. But that's uh, um, super, yeah, so you've got, like, uh, uh, um, the counterweight behind the set, mm-hmm. w- and then the crane, like, coming up, ca- holding the actors. Yeah. And then they're and sitting so, on sort of like a platform. Yeah. So, But then the objects that were moving, like the uh, candlesticks and things like that, that was all wires. So they were... so. Would they have them like, like I'm just trying to think like how that would have worked like how were the was someone pulling on the wires? To, I believe to so. Lift them? Yeah, because like based on what I can see in the drawing, they he has it drawn so that the wires go through the ceiling. Yeah, because I'm just yeah. thinking like in order to you'd have to match the those kind of like the not like exactly but kind of the 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 speed. At which they're moving would have to kind yeah, of match that, the yeah that's that's why it had to be all synchronized right yeah or else yeah. the weightlessness feel would just look wrong yeah so and apparently it was rehearsed many many times it would have been fucking hard to do because yeah, it looked yeah, really. really good it looked yeah. like they did an excellent job it did job. look good although uh, there were a couple issues with it if you, <laughs> if you are if if you are a if you're a stickler, person. if you're a stickler for accuracy, uh-huh. you will note that in the weightlessness scenes, if you look at the candle flame, it goes upward. Oh no! However, Wait, how does yeah, a, what does the flame do in weightlessness? You can look it up. Uh, they've done it on the International Space Station. Uh, it basically just forms uh, like a ball. That's kind of what I was. I assumed it would kind of act like water in a similar kind of way. Yeah, kind of, but it doesn't. It doesn't flow upward, right? You don't have smoke coming up, right? Or like the flame moving upward, oh, right? Yeah. Um. So did you look it up? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's cool. weird. It's just like a ball. Um. But uh. Also, you can see that uh. Hari's dress and hair are flowing downward. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's a bit of suspension i guess that's that's yeah you gotta suspend your disbelief there but, but they um, do it they do a good job of like putting the candlestick in the foreground and stuff yeah yeah well like, i didn't know like i didn't think about it when i was watching it but i guess if i was a physicist i would probably yeah, be like yeah. hey that doesn't make any sense right? totally totally but, like, yeah it's like it's like magic man they do a good job of misdirection they, exactly like, you know, they, they put exactly the, they they get your attention away from these details with the yeah good stuff. and i'm sure Based on Tarkovsky's view, I don't think he really cared. <laughs> no, I don't think he cared at all. He, he was, doesn't he seem was... like a stickler for scientific accuracy. No, no, he he was. This seems like, like the way you described it. This seems like this was a hundred percent, um, 
what's his name? Yusov? Yusov's Idea. project. You to like, make it work, yeah. Yeah. Which is like a, a bit telling that, you know. That that on top of that, the fact that he like didn't really care about the uh the uh the uh, accuracy? Uh, but yeah, he he wasn't the stickler for the sci-fi. He clearly just kind of wanted to make the like uh, uh, s- um, philosophical debate in the library. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, uh, and then I also read some references about there being like a mirrored ball that was used to hide the cameraman, but I didn't really figure out how that worked. I couldn't really find much information on that. Mirrored sphere. So how would that work? So, I guess like, I, I don't know is the thing. I just I read something about there being like Yusuf hiding inside a mirrored ball, <laughs> <laughs> and so somehow weird. that that would hide the camera. I'm ju- I'm. Hmm. I, I I I couldn't really figure it out, but I just thought it was worth mentioning. It is worth mentioning. Yeah, <laughs> thought provoking for sure. Yeah, it's a it's a very provocative statement. Yeah. But. So I don't know. But yeah. yeah, that's that's pretty much all I have on uh, how they shot it. But I think they were. Oh wait, yeah. So I was gonna talk about quickly the um, let me say the ocean. Oh yeah, they, how they made the ocean. So apparently, uh, like what I recall, I don't know. I you'll you'll correct me when you find it, but what I recall is a lot like how they did those like you know 1960s psychedelic things on like the projectors with the like. You know. Yeah, so apparently uh, it was basically acetone, aluminum powder, and some colored dyes. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think that's kind of how they did some of those 60 psychedelic Exactly. Exactly. Same way. Mixing like, weird chemicals and seeing what happens. Yeah, but clearly a way uh, Yeah, I'm not exactly sure what the effect of that would be. Um, not a chemist here. Uh, yeah, yeah. I but, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you, you uh, can email us if you if you are and I'm yeah, aware. Yeah, if you are, we'll talk that to that guy who did the uh, Shanghai Noon thing. Oh yeah, well, last <laughs> that was more <laughs> physics, wasn't it? Oh, no, no, but he was a chemist. chemistry. He was, he was a chemist, yeah. right? 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 Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. All right. <laughs> um, so should we move on now? Yeah, yeah. Um, we've got uh, we've got another segment here. That's uh, it's good stuff here. We're gonna yeah. get to the bottom of it. Yeah. You know, these days it's very hard to find this. Oh God, yeah, it's a, it's a commodity. <laughs> All right, welcome to the truth. This is where we get to the bottom of the true, real, factual situations. And I think yeah. this 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 time, I think we may actually do it. Yeah, this is super real, and like this is harkening back to uh, our our second episode. Yeah, talked... although this time we're talking at the other end of it. A... I know it's, it's cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna talk, talk about the. Go on. You're gonna talk about the Soviet space program, right? Exactly, but like yeah, yeah, yeah. it's the the reason that this period, as we kind of alluded to, is super interesting, is because like while this film was being made, like from conception to like filming and like ending was kind of the period where like the Soviet space race was at its most competitive and then right after became like kind of cooperative, right? Cause, yeah. So one said, of the interesting things about this particular period is like, so this whole movie takes place on a space station, right? Yeah. 
is that that was kind of what the goal of the Russian space program at this point was trying to do, right? Exactly. That's they why were trying so to build a space station. And then the culmination of, of this whole thing kind of is right after this film came out. Not right after, but like two years after this film came out was, well, we'll get, we'll get to it. It wasn't a, mm-hmm. a, a, a space station, but we'll talk about the yeah. details in a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, like. 1968 is like when we sort of started talking about like the script being written, but even before that, you know, the the film was was uh, uh, being discussed. You know, it was it was, uh, <coughs> it was Tarkovsky's plan, mm-hmm. but and like I'm point, sure I... Tarkovsky was, you know, as I assume everybody in the Soviet Union was aware of, you know, this uh, this push. Yeah, this nationalistic push. Yeah. Um, but they were, I'm sure they were, the, the, the public weren't aware of this, but by 1968, the Soviets were pretty far behind their timeline. Like, yeah, definitely. They they planned to have fucking people on the moon in 1968. Like, yeah. I mean, um, oh God. I just, <laughs> huh? I was just about to say, you know, the Russians are still behind their timeline now. Yikes. Yeah, no, cut that out. <laughs> yeah, I will, but good joke, but yikes. But yeah, they yeah. are. Um, but yeah, yeah, so 1968, they they planned to be on the moon already, but 1967, you know, the CS-1 test launch, which killed uh, uh, Vladimir Komarov, mm-hmm. had really, you know, set them pretty far behind. Um, yeah. in, you talked and, uh, about the I don't, I don't believe anybody knew about this. No, I don't think we knew yeah. about this till yeah, yeah, yeah. Till long after. Yeah, like, yeah. like yeah, like I said, I don't think the general public was aware of how far behind and how like poorly the yeah, like, like from what I understand, they definitely they did not publicize the deaths of Soviet astronauts or anything. Yeah, cosmonauts. Yes, cosmonauts. Sorry, it's my mistake. <laughs> I made the same mistake. I typed Soviet astronaut earlier. Yeah, it's like yeah, I looked at it for a second. Yeah. <laughs> cosmonaut. A second. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, so yeah, the the CS you talked about that quite a bit in in the Apollo episode, so we can mm-hmm. you can you can go back to that if you want to learn more about that. But yeah, yeah. In 1968, however, while you know the uh, the the Russians were trying to figure out how to get their their CS to not kill cosmonauts, um, yeah. Apollo 8 was you know going around the moon, and I believe Tom Hanks was in that was in Apollo 8. Was um, he? Wow. Pretty sure. Um, How old was Tom Hanks at that time? Probably <laughs> <laughs> like fucking like six or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, sometime. <laughs> um, but yeah, Tom Hanks' character from Apollo thirteen was a uh, was a uh, I believe on that mission. Yeah. Anyway, the Soviets were not happy about this, um, so they like you know upped their timeline, which was already seemingly a pretty bad idea because they were already you know killing yeah they were already having a lot of issues with their rockets and things like that yeah and definitely speeding up things and avoiding all the redundancies that they wanted to have was certainly not a good idea yeah like yeah you're speeding up means cutting corners right that's what it means like and when you're already having issues perfecting something cutting corners seems like the last thing you want to do yeah um but instead of Slowing down, they sped up and like powered through with the production of their super heavy N one uh, 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 booster, which yeah. is the Soviet equivalent of the Saturn. Yeah. So, uh, from what I understand, the N one resulted in one of the largest non nuclear explosions of all time. It did not go well. The N one was a disaster. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 
tests did not go well with the N1. Um, basically, every time they launched it, it exploded. Um, yeah. In January of 1969, though, they, they managed to test a rendezvous uh, docking with their lunar lander, which they mm-hmm. called their LK lander. So, you know, they're making some progress there. But still, again, the N1's not working out. It's exploding, as you said. Just non-nuclear explosion. Mm-hmm. So they have no way to get to the moon. They have no way to get to the moon. It's not going to happen. And then, as as everybody knows, 1969, the Americans get to the moon. Yeah, and, I believe the uh, Soviets at this point believe it's not worth it anymore. I think, to, yeah, to I, think, I think it's like, it's like six six months before the Americans go. I think the, the Soviets know that they're not going to. Yeah, if you're not Maybe. first, you'll have us. Yeah, exactly. They Ricky Bob. They they take the Ricky Bobby, uh, 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 like, uh, philosophy, and this is kind of when the uh, the collaboration starts to happen a little bit because they're like, yeah, all exactly. right, well, they've already made it to the moon, so let's 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 switch up. Yeah, and so, <laughs> uh, also this around this time, you have Nixon and Khrushchev, I believe, who are you know, sort of developing a bit of a rapport. Yeah, exactly. So you know. The early 70s were like, you know, uh, a slight relaxation period of mm-hmm. tensions. Very slight. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, like, prior to this, like, in 1970, so this is, where are we in the film here? This is just casting, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, they start kind of, they've been planning this. It's been secret for a while, but they kind of goes to the front burner. They start working on a military space station. Mm-hmm. Um and the program eventually would evolve into the Salyut space station program, which is their mm-hmm. their actual space station program. Yeah, um, which, which is a mixture of yeah, research ahead. and military. Yes, like originally it was just well, supposed to be military. From what I understand, there were a lot of uh, quote unquote civilian space space stations launched that had cameras. Oh yeah, in yeah, them. yeah. <laughs> I, I I imagine every research like. Uh, Endeavor had a military component. Exactly. Like one uh, could assume, but exactly. At least they 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 were had put on you know some <laughs> yeah front of trying to research, and I think they did a little bit yeah of research. Um, but they were they were definitely also taking pictures of you know American missile silos. Oh yeah, <laughs> a lot of that, a lot of that. I mean yeah, I'm sure the Americans were taking pictures. Oh no, of they were too. Yeah, too, no that so. that was also happening. <laughs> There's a lot of a lot of that going on. Yeah. Um, Actually, yeah, the 19- you know, what, you no, this is unrelated. What I was just going to say, you know, the Hubble Space Telescope is actually, uh, it's derived from an Earth observation satellite that was used to take pictures <laughs> of Russia. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, again, that doesn't surprise me. I feel like most space equipment was originally yeah. used for some sort of defense purpose. Exactly, yeah. Um. But yeah, so 1971, the the Salyut really had a kind of a bit of a needless disaster on it. Um, oh yeah, this is the disaster in which uh, basically the cabin depressurized and everybody unfortunately passed away. Um, yeah, and it was it was avoidable, I believe, because the guy in charge like authorized them to re-enter without their suits. Oh, okay, which was like stupid yeah because they that like had they been stupid. wearing their suits then they would have obviously the depressurization wouldn't have mattered well i mean it would it wouldn't have killed them yeah <laughs> it wouldn't have killed them exactly yeah. um 
yeah that I th- and the so that guy got like fired <laughs> and yeah. like so this is kind of like a, a kind of a major turning point for the uh, uh, um this program the Salyut yeah. program so yeah that's kind of when they start collaborating with the Americans mm-hmm. uh, so I Which believe they had the Apollo Soyuz test project where they actually launched up a, a Soyuz and they launched up a Apollo capsule and then they docked yeah it was awesome in 19 that yeah. was, so that's the culmination 1975. Yeah. Um, the uh, Apollo Soyuz space station. Um, do you want to? I've got just a little bit about the mission here. If you want to read about the mission. Yeah. So uh, while the two ships, basically the two ships docked, and then uh, Soviets came on board, uh, they did some joint uh, experiments. They exchanged some gifts, uh, and they listened to each other's music. <laughs> <laughs> Specifically. Oh, what? Why can't we be friends? By <laughs> war. <laughs> little on the yeah. nose don't you think well yeah i th- I, th- I think they were definitely uh the whole you know, point. aware of it yeah same with tenderness um, yeah but yeah this uh it was a you know uh, yeah interesting interesting a photo uh, op interesting photo op yeah but uh it, another thing that i would just like to say is that all this research they were doing basically ended up resulting in the iss that we have today yeah no totally that's 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 the culmination of this is like yeah. this the, this apollo cs space station program is what like led well it's salyut and and that as well yeah yeah all this docking stuff they were doing yeah, yeah yeah exactly and then like uh the i believe the americans launched their first like actual station like 71 their first day space station in 71 uh, skylab Skylab, that's what it was, yeah. yeah. Was that 71? Um, let me find out. Skylab was pretty fucking cool, but we're not yeah, talking Skylab about that right now. I know, Skylab is super cool. <laughs> 1973. Well, no, no, it was, so, it, was, it was occupied in 1973. When was it actually launched? It was launched right. in, like, pieces, right, I think. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, anyway, they, they first uh, got there in 1970. Anyway, not important, but yeah. Skylab was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, Skylab was very cool. <laughs> uh... But yeah, that's. I believe that's all we have to say about the Russian space program, the Soviet yeah, space pretty, program. Pretty interesting how that how that like coincided with the film. I think like the, yeah, this, a film that was about, or ostensibly about, space stations. That was yeah, a book. The planet. book was about space station and alien planets. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, yeah, so it's just, I get. Sorry. I just, it's just a super interesting uh, contextual backdrop, I think. For yeah, this definitely. Movie. Just like, you know, and and also the... like in that spirit of collaboration and the opening sort of to the West at this point. Like, it's it's interesting to note that like this film was uh was actually very well received in the West. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah, seen yeah. by Western. a lot of people outside of the Soviet Union. Like, uh, specifically, it was it was shown at the Cannes Film Festival. Yeah, exactly, yeah. and like tons of Western directors uh, uh, often cite this film as like uh, influence. Yeah, exactly. Like it, it's 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 one of the few Soviet films I think that like truly like influenced Western directors. You know, which is yeah saying something exactly. But yeah, I um I think that's all we have to say about the truth. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the truth. For, yeah. For uh, should week. we get into? I mean, sort we of could talk part. about aliens if you want. I could start talking about. Oh like, yeah, the alien. Uh, I don't know. Like, I'm just wondering, like, hold on. Let well, me Europa Google... is kind of like an ocean planet, right? Yeah, let me just Google liquid alien. There's definitely... Liquid alien. There's definitely oh, a Star a Trek episode. I can't think of a damn reason. 
Yeah, that is it. There's definitely an alien fluid. Oh yeah, well there's that one in the in the TOS, um, the angry liquid. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Or no, that's not TOS. That's uh, that's the next generation. That's um... well, no, there's also one in TOS. Oh yeah, it's it's true. It's in both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's more of a small puddle than it is an ocean planet. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. It's an angry yeah. puddle that kills. Uh... In Voyager, there was the the people that turn into liquid. Oh yeah, that too. Yeah, see, tons of there's tons of precedent for this on Star Trek. Yeah, tons of it. Yeah. Um. Uh, anyway. But yeah, in real kinda... life, uh, my my Google search for liquid alien. Um. Ooh, alien question mark mystery liquid falls from sky over eastern Las Vegas neighborhood. People in in one does, eastern uh, Las Vegas. Where does uh Jose live? Ooh, good <laughs> he lives in Las Vegas, doesn't he? Yeah. Look up where the uh where the uh where his uh his car wash is. Um, okay. People in well, I read this article. People in one eastern Las Vegas neighborhood, neighborhood near Hollywood Boulevard and Charleston Avenue, have been completely perplexed for weeks as mysterious brown or black droplets have fallen on their properties. Marco Cervantes said that the droplets have rained on his home, cars, RV, basketball course, and just about everything else for the last two to four weeks. Shit, man. Neighbors in the area declined an interview, but they said they've all experienced the same thing with no explanation. Okay, it's vaguely in... No, it's in the western part of Las Vegas. Yeah, it's in Spring Valley. Spring Valley. Okay, so this alien liquid is not related to Jose. No. But I'm sure he's well, aware that, of it. Yeah, I'm sure he's aware of it that we know of. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. All right. But yeah, so that's that's the truth. That's some we alien liquid. We we cover that for you. So let's yeah. uh let's let's close off this episode about uh this film with uh, some of our final thoughts about it. Let's really sum yeah. her up. I thought maybe before we get to our final thoughts, we should talk about some of the final thoughts of the people involved. Absolutely, good idea. Yeah. So Tarkovsky apparently uh, considered that the film was an artistic failure. <laughs> Do you know why? <laughs> Yeah, so, we talked a lot about him wanting to sort of transcend the genre yeah, of, yeah, of science yeah. fiction, which yeah. reads to me like he was not trying to make a science fiction film. Yeah, that's kind of just like... Because he was, he was saying like that this film required too much like scientific terminology and um, uh, special effects. Right. Whereas he so said maybe... that his fil- his later film Stalker was I th- was what he he achieved what he was trying to do. Right. I've not yeah. seen that film, but I, I presume there's less. Uh, yeah, I would say it's less sci-fi. like straight up science fiction. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's that's interesting. It goes along with like kind of the idea that like he was only using the material. Yeah. Uh, like as a vehicle. Yeah. You know? Definitely. And that he feels like he maybe failed to actually achieve his goals mm-hmm. in in using it as a vehicle. Yeah. So it's, it's an interesting perspective uh, from Tarkovsky. So Stanislav Lem's opinion on this, I think, was interesting. Yeah. Because <laughs> he had basically the complete opposite take. <laughs> uh, he specifically, like... Uh, he he was very critical of the movie, and he said that uh, he did not write about quote people's erotic problems in space. <laughs> I mean, good, yeah, that's that's good point, yeah, totally. 
So he didn't. He yeah. didn't really. Uh, he didn't really like what Tarkovsky did with it. It makes sense to me. I think like it does focus pretty much it entirely fo- it, on yeah. Kelvin's relationship with Hari. Exactly. And his, like his emotional and uh, erotic, you know, <laughs> relationship with her, which is actually yeah. a surprisingly large part of the film. Yeah. So you know. So I I I, I understand that. Uh, as for our thoughts, can you want to go first? Sure. Yes, I I think yeah, good movie. Good. I think it was entertaining, and I I would suggest it's worth a watch for yeah. sure. Especially considering all but the just contextual leave, stuff. Leave a lot of space. <laughs> it's gonna you take have you time. a while. Yeah, especially if you're the kind of person that can't finish films in one sitting. It's it's a yeah. long movie, and it's it's kind of slow, but there's a lot of distinct parts. I feel like that are yeah, definitely. Well, I think they literally say part one, part two. Right? There is part one and two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Totally. Um, um, but yeah, it's 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 not my favorite film. I think, like you said, I think I think clearly he didn't want to make a sci-fi film, and it definitely suffers from the fact that he was like shying away from these elements like aggressively. Yeah, yeah I think exactly. That, that really kind of is to the detriment of the film. Yeah, unfortunately. And, like I think the whole. Like, I just really want them to focus on, like, the liquid entity. You know what I mean? You just want anything about that, you know? Yeah. Like, it's just this kind of weird, nebulous thing that is supposed to be causing things. Yeah. They don't go into any detail, and it's, it's and a bit just, disappointing. And like, throwaway lines about, like, radiation and shit. Exactly. It's a bit, It's yeah, it's a bit of a letdown in that department. Yeah, exactly. Sure. But I guess that's the point. It's like Tarkovsky wasn't making this film for people like us who wanted that sort of thing, you know? Exactly, that's true. But it's like, but I feel you like did he make kinda, a sci-fi film. He kind of compromised a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Like, like he kind of the book was written for people like us. So yes, you know, who want that sort of thing. So so, but that makes me interested to watch Stalker now. Yeah, that's because true. I think that you know it's it's definitely so a he... focus less on the sci-fi aspect. So it'll be more like what he wants. So did he really mean like literally he it was like saying like the same sort of message that this film was saying, but like better? Like well, I think it's, it more... it's the type of movie he wanted to make. You right, know what I mean? okay, okay. Yeah, that he wanted cool. to have like <laughs> a, a sci-fi, not sci-fi movie. A not sci-fi, sci-fi, gotcha. <laughs> exactly, he wanted to quote-unquote transcend the genre. Right, so he feels like he succeeded on that film. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm gonna or watch more that. succeeded. More so. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely gonna watch that. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah. What about you? Uh, I kind of the same thoughts. It's like, yeah, it was it was pretty good. Uh, interesting thing. Good good cinematography. Uh, but there was good acting. But uh, it just kind of feel like yeah, Frank- it focused on the parts that I wasn't. As interested in. <laughs> Absolutely. Fr- frankly, I think, I, I, maybe you agree with me, is I think I, w- I was more interested in learning about the movie than I was by the actual movie. <laughs> yeah, almost. Almost, yeah. Like, and I mean, that's was... not to say it's a bad movie. No, not at all. Even though just... Tarkovsky thinks it's a critical failure and left no, no. hates it. It's just a, it's just an interesting, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, as yeah. we talked about in The Truth, just, just an interesting yeah. time for the film Yeah, to interesting made. time capsule. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Which I'm sure this episode will be. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. This is going to be weird to, to look yeah, at. Yeah, the context in, the in which this episode is made is very weird. Which we very weird. Too. Yeah. But yeah, that's. Uh, I think that's it for, for this film. 
Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so we can we can we can close her out for this week. Um right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Next week we're gonna be back with brand Another new episode. episode. Brand Don't new know film. what episode <laughs> we're gonna do. We'll find that out. <laughs> Last word on the Ukraine again, we'll put I'll put the links in the Yeah. There's a lot of uh there's a lot of refugees in Poland, for example, and they really need support, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um so. So yeah, I that's that, I guess. That's that, uh, yeah, yeah. Slava Ukraini. And uh Indeed. I guess we'll see you soon. Yeah.